I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Crystal Robinson is the CEO and founder of Dominate with Crystal, a company dedicated to empowering women to dominate life through enrichment of their mind, body, and soul. Soon after taking the leap into full-time entrepreneurship, Crystal quickly realized that she wanted to have more control over her life and daily schedule. Her unique problem-solving skills and attention to detail helped to develop her brand, Dominate with Crystal, a platform that she uses to teach women extreme life balance. Crystal teaches extreme life balance specifically to busy wives, moms, and business owners. She gives practical instructions and strategies to improve daily focus, time management, and discipline to produce remarkable results in fit life balance. Her primary objective is to help women to realize their true self-worth and throw away the guilt of putting themselves first in order to ensure that their relationships, families, health, and careers thrive. Fitness, always a part of your life or was it just something that found you as you were looking for a way to, you know, level up or even challenge yourself? Both. So I have been an athlete, more so of a student athlete. I was probably smarter than I was athletic, but I've been an athlete probably since maybe like middle school. I started running track, then gravitated towards uh, basketball, then later powerlifting, and now just a fit mom. A fit mom. <laughs> Many people might challenge that and say, that's an oxymoron, fit mom. What would you say to them? I would say that it is possible to be a mom and be fit. It is a challenge, uh, depending on how many kids you, you got. But uh, I have two beautiful little girls. And um, what I'd say is uh, they're the reason why I want to stay fit. I want to make sure I can still, you know, jump on the trampoline with them and uh, spend good quality time with them, run around the yard, that kind of stuff. And I probably couldn't do that if I wasn't fit, or at least I wouldn't last long. Yeah. Now, here's a challenge. Many service members, whether male or female, at times when they transition from the military, they don't feel like they need a coach. They feel that like they've been through enough disciplines. They have uh, pushed themselves enough. But, you know, I can attest to letting yourself go is so easy. Mm -hmm. What does coaching bring to the table that you can't achieve on your own? Oh, that's so easy. Accountability. I'm going to make you do what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Because as a, at least for me, as a mom, it's really easy for me to make excuses. And I could see, you know, as a, you know, a retired veteran, you probably said I put in a lot of work, you know, for a long period of time, you know, it's most definitely time for me to kind of take a break and, you know, relax or what have you. But at the end of the day, our health is very important. And if we don't put in the time to take care of ourselves, life after the military may not be long. Mm, that hit me. <laughs> <laughs> that hit me because one of the reasons you serve is for the enjoyment of the values of our country. And if you, you know, you pass away shortly after your service and, and you lose touch with purpose, you know, you, uh, without knowing it, you didn't really fully reap the benefits of serving. So right. even, you know, spend that time with your family and things like that. Right. Now you primarily work with busy entrepreneurial mm -hmm. mothers, busy women who just don't have time to waste time. What would a training session with you look like? And what does a coaching call with you feel like? Short and to the point, because we don't have a lot of time. I spend a lot of hours away from my daughters as it is, because I have a, a commute to my office. Uh, it's a 40-minute one-way commute. 
Some days I'm there, you know, from say eight o'clock in the morning to six, sometimes even seven at night. So by the time I get to them, it's either almost bedtime or, you know, we got to do homework or something else. So there's not a lot of quality time. So of course, for me, my workouts are very early in the morning. But when I'm training, it's, hey, let's get in here and let's get it done. Because for me, when I get to the gym at 4.30, 5 o'clock, I got about an hour, hour and 15, where I can literally just go in and go hard and then get out. Why? Because I got to fix breakfast and get the kids ready for school and, wow. you know, get them there or whatever. So making sure that I take full advantage of the time that I do have is really important. Yeah. And what you touched on is while you do enjoy your gym time, you do enjoy your mommy time. You do enjoy your wife time. And I think at times people think that all doesn't go together. Right. You know, and I've found even in, in my life and, you know, very streamlined family, two adults and making time for each other, making time for family is always the thing that you see go to the wayside for most times. What do you help uh, busy mothers do that allows them to still be an incredible mom and still find the time for uh, some gym time? You schedule it, even though it seems like really crazy. I schedule family time because mm. we overlook it. We think that that's just, or we say family time is, okay, I go pick up the kids from school and then I'm fixing dinner. That's not really quality focused family time. Mm-hmm. The same way as how when you go to the gym, well, I've seen some people do it, but you don't sit on the machine and scroll through Facebook. Like it's gym time. That's, that's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's focused time where you're literally working out. Well, it's, it's not a, training if you don't prove that you were there. You know what I'm saying? You got to take a quick <laughs> selfie at least. But outside of that, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's really focused, intense training. And so when you're with your family, then it has to be the exact same thing. So for me, at least once or or twice a month on Thursdays, uh, they do a workout, like a little group workout at my church. And so it's friendly enough that the environment is friendly enough where I can take my girls and they absolutely love it. So I kind of get a two for one, you know, but it's focused time. So I'm not really in there working out. You know, I'll pretend to do the workouts, but I'm really just, you know, motivating them to kind of participate in it. And they, I mean, they really like it, but that's our time. Mm -hmm. You know, on Sundays, it's movie night. So it's popcorn and bed night. But we structure that time the same way as how I structure it, you know, with my husband as well. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that when we're putting family on the schedule, it's not us being robotic, it's being intentional. Wow. Now, to tie in, would your 18-year-old self be proud of you right now or would she'd be a little bit like, what happened? Hmm. I think proud would probably be something I guess I could say. I've always been structured, so to speak. Like, like I said, I was more so of the student versus the athlete, you know, student mm-hmm. athlete. Mm-hmm. Always the one that was going to get the award for being the smartest athlete on the team. Oh, like wow. every year wow. at the banquet, that wow. was, they called my, the team would call my name before the announcer would call my name. Yeah. Like that was just the deal. But I guess, you know, looking back, I still, I grew up a lot in the process of that because I still have some stubbornness that's left in there, but I was rock hard stubborn. I didn't want to listen to a lot of people at that particular age. So a lack of structure stubborn or was it just your brand of stubbornness? It wasn't a lack of structure because, I mean, I can even at 18 or 18, 17, even in like the fitness piece of it, I kind of gravitated towards the powerlifting part, honestly, because they said that I could. I had asked when I was a junior in high school, the coach kind of brushed me off. He was like, ah, I don't know. So then when my senior year came, I just went to the office and I signed my name on the list for trials. And when the trials came and, you know, they called everybody that signed up, I showed up that day. But technically it wasn't 
that wasn't something that was done. Like I was literally the first female in the state of Mississippi to power lift. Like I had lifted against other guys because there was no other females there. (laughs) So I'm saying that piece of me is still here. Like I haven't changed much there, but I've had some growing up in the process. You know, I've grown up mentally and spiritually, Mm -hmm. you know, from 18, of course, you know, until now. But a lot of what I do now is just parts of me that they've been there. I've just kind of intensified them, so to speak. I've learned how to hone in on them and use them for good versus maybe the childish ways that I used to present them previously. Okay. And now you have this thriving fitness brand. Was that always your intention? Could you foresee that, you know, as you were growing up? Did you want to own your own business? What got you started in this category? Well, that's the piece about that stubbornness that I talked about. (laughs) Okay, but let's go there. Because because here's the reality. Veteran leaders, whether we like it or not, we're going to transition from the military. Mm -hmm. You're going to retire. You're going to have an enlistment, maybe even get medically retired, injured. Who knows? And I think a a stubborn part of us is that that rank doesn't apply anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer Sergeant Bergen. I'm Bernard. Mm -hmm. And if I don't mature, I can get stuck in the past and stuck with habits that don't serve me anymore. So anything you can help us understand about going from being stubborn to thriving? Well, I will say at this particular point, now that I've actually embraced, you know, my gifts, things are flowing a whole lot smoother for me. So in the stubborn phase, I really was saying, I just don't want to be fitness. Like, I don't want people to put me in a box. Mm -hmm. You know, like a veteran may say, well, I don't want people to just look at me as a retired veteran. Like, that's not all that I am. That's not the only person that I am. And so for me, I was a little afraid and just saying, okay, well, I'm just going to go after this fitness vein because I felt like I was so much more. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a a mom. You know, I have so much um, business knowledge and school knowledge. I'm feeling like I'm the smart kid on the block. And now you're going to stick me into the gym, mm. you know what I'm saying, with airheads, so to speak. Because that's what you, you know what I'm saying, that's what you feel and think. When you think about people in fitness, you're like, oh, they fit, but, you know, like, what's in their brain? And right. so, for me, I had that stigma. You know, like, okay. I didn't want to be identified at that, as that. Because, again, previously, I'm identified as the student first. Mm-hmm. People see my intellect before they would see my athletic ability. And I felt like that was going to just put me in one box, and I wasn't going to be able to grow outside of that. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize was, like, Ah, I finally get it now. Sometimes people are attracted to you by certain things. And so I had to embrace the fact that I could actually use fitness as a bait. Right. To bring people in. Right. And just like with fish, when we fish, we have to use the bait they like. Right. Yeah. And then when we bring them into the table, you might like to clean fish with a fork. Somebody else might like to clean the fish with a knife or, you know, with any other type of tool. But I said to myself, well, I know I'm not just fitness Mm -hmm. and I know that people need more from me than just fitness, but I have to give them the bait of fitness. Right. And when I get them to my table, I'll use the tools that I want to clean them because some people are thinking, okay, well, I have a problem with being consistent with going to the gym. Mm. Well, that's not necessarily it. You probably got some self-esteem issues because you don't like how you look in gym clothes. Wow. You know what I'm saying? But I got I to gotta get you to the point where you're okay with your self-worth. And then I can help you to be consistent at the gym. Like, who said you had to come in tight spandex? Like, come uh, in something that's comfortable yeah. for you. Some people say, well, I got bad knees. Well, who said you had to run? But I got to teach you that you could be flexible. But I had to attract them first. Right. So I had to embrace that people like to see me do fitness. Right. That worked for me, but I was so stubborn in the beginning because mm. I didn't see the finished product. And a lot of times that's what people want to do. They want to see the finished product and not necessarily just embrace the process, you know, to get you there. And even now I don't see the finished product, but I'm okay with this process. Okay. And as you talked about the bait and you talked about utilizing fitness to attract an audience, 
Now you've set some aggressive deadlift goals and I'd like you to touch on the process because you know, you talk about embracing the process of being consistent in those goals and, and even the challenge of them because you're lifting on the elite scale and, and you can look that scale up. You can Google it. And just based on your height, your weight, you are definitely on the extended scale, something the veterans community clearly understands. Yeah, that's, that's an extreme goal. Bernard. And I guess I said that because I wanted to set something that like mentally I couldn't even think that I could achieve it. Like I wanted to say, okay, this is so big that I might not get it, but it's going to make me train to the point where if I don't get it, I'm going to get somewhere, you know, like very close to it. It's almost like that uh, shoot for the stars mentality, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you might not ever hit a star, but everybody's okay with falling in, you know, in some clouds or two, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all right. Now in my mind, I feel like I'm gonna hit this goal. Like I just need to, you know, tweak some of the stuff that I'm doing and, you know, make sure that I can get where I can get to. But the fact that my last lift of 350 was heavy to me makes me know and understand that I'm about to get to grow. Cause 350 was kind of heavy. You know, I was like, Whoa, like I'm talking about lift 400 pounds. Like this 350 was heavy. Wow. (laughs) But I'm now excited about the fact that I am about to grow so much that I'm going to do something that's bigger than I ever thought I could do. Even if I don't hit 400, what female, you know, (laughs) can can deadlift, you know what I'm saying? At the same time? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just saying, I know I'm about to do something big. I just don't know how big it's going to be. I don't know. I might get bigger than 400. So it sounds like you're challenging the veteran leaders community to do something extremely big and grow into that big space because ultimately the growth is bigger than the goal. That's it. That's why my objective is always to compete against yesterday's crystal. Because ah. if I'm trying to compete against somebody else, you know, like most people, once they do what they do, they're going to quit. And I can't keep sizing myself up, you know, against other people because we got different lives. We're right. doing different things. You know, right. who am I to say, you know, that this chick that already has her six pack in place, you know, arms perfectly cut and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to put myself up against her. She might have had surgeries. You know, she mm-hmm. might have, you know, never had kids. She may have had kids, but never had two C-sections like I did. And I'm going to look at her body and say, OK, well, I want mine exactly like that. Uh. Like, why would I do that? Yeah. Instead, I can say, okay, Crystal, you set some pretty decent goals for yourself yesterday and you accomplished them. Let's go up one more level today and just keep doing that every day. I think us being our best uh, versions of ourselves is the best we could ever do for the world. Now, we weren't made to compete. Now, while I love that, there's a trap of comparison. And what I love is that you said, Bernard, I'm not comparing, I'm competing against yesterday's me. But I think many people, especially in the veterans community, they're always comparing themselves to who they were. Well, I was and I achieved. And I'm like, but sir, you've been out of the military 15 years, but you introduce yourself as general so-and-so and not retired general so-and-so. Do you find that as you train and coach from yourself to your clients that people get caught in that comparison trail? Well, yeah. And then you said something that triggered something to me. So you may have to ask me this question again, but I feel like it's relevant. So I know someone that, They lost their spouse several years ago, but they still refer to them as their spouse. And so what I have to always say or verbalize is how is it that you will ever have a new spouse if you're still married? Mm. That hurts deeply to disconnect from what you knew because you, you know, you built a family there. You got great memories there, but you're verbalizing to everyone that you're waiting on some newness, but your mindset is connected to the old piece. And like, just in general, if we have a closed hand, there is absolutely no way that we can receive anything else. Right. And in that particular case, our mindset is closed. 
And if we don't open it up to some newness by, you know, breaking off some of the old stuff that we're attached to, you're never going to be able to experience the newness that you're saying you want, but you're not training your mind to receive that thing. It doesn't make sense. And so even though you were a particular person prior to being in the military, those are two totally different people. We've done different things. We've fed our minds, you know, differently. We've aged. Life has changed. Economy has changed. Like so many things have changed. And you're saying, I'm not willing to evolve to what is now, but I want to stay stuck (laughs) in the past. It just doesn't make sense. Right. You can't experience growth that way. Now, is that a part of the core of the dominate philosophy and and why that philosophy and why that work? Why dominate? I love the word, honestly. Like every time I say it, I feel like I get empowered. Uh, It gives me energy. It makes me just want to go and run through a wall. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's such a strong word. And then at first I struggled with it when I chose it for my brand, mainly because I was wondering like, how would it be perceived? Because a lot of times, even though it's a great, bold word, a lot of people take a negative connotation to it. Like they're thinking, oh, you about to, you know, like tower over somebody, you know, beat somebody up or something like that. And that's not it at all. As a matter of fact, we were created initially with a plan for us to dominate all things. Mm. And so we are surrounded by things that we were meant to control. Right. Dominate. Like literally we were given dominion. Mm. And so at some point in time, we lost it. And then nobody ever realizes that we have to go back and regain it. In the female perspective of that, even more so, we don't even feel like that's even something that we should even entertain. Like that word for us is off limits. Oh, wow. And so I took it as a challenge to say, it doesn't matter that people don't think that women should dominate. Like when you say that word, it's masculine. When you say the word dominate, Tell me you think about a woman, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Tell me you think anything feminine is not a knock against, you know, men at all, but we were created equal. And so I have to, you know, be able to use the brand to empower women to be able to conquer things, not other people, not men, you know what I'm saying? But the things in life that are holding us back, you know, the mindsets or the inability for us to even know what we're worth. Right. Like that's what that means to dominate your current mindset so much so to the point where You're making sure that every day you have conquered every task on your list. Every day, you know and understand who you are and whose you are. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so much more to it than just the word itself that it really just gives me chills to even think about it. But I also know and understand that I have to tiptoe around it because some people have difficulty with understanding it or accepting it. So I have to slowly help people to understand that we were all meant to do that, literally to dominate the earth. Right. What hit me immediately was, would I want someone in my life who wasn't prepared to dominate? <laughs> to be honest, the average person has that. I mean, not, not just in, you know, like physical makeup or like just fitness or anything of that nature, but ask how many people have a consistent schedule. You know, how many people do the same thing every day over and over again and, and they're good at it or, you know, great at it. And now most people don't, aren't able to accomplish those things. You gotta, we hear all the time, the one percenters. So that means it's a small amount of people that even know how to dominate. If we were all created to do that, why is it not more of us doing it? Okay. What I want you to do is just take some time and talk to that busy veteran mom who maybe left the service because it was a dual military family and they had the third child. And that's a stretch for the family, just the constant moves, both people possibly coming down in orders. But now she's almost lost the community that she had that kept her fit, in charge, ready to not only serve on our nation's battlefield, but truly dominate her life. And she's trying to get back in the game. Where would you start with her to help her walk back 
to that space where she was large and charged, proud and dominating. Of course, I have to give the precursor. I've, I've never been in the military, but I do understand that there's like a sense of camaraderie there, mm-hmm. you know, almost as if, of course, I know you guys are removed from your family for sense of time. And so basically all you have is each other, you know, especially in times of war. So you're looking at each other. I see that as being somewhat similar to what it is that I do with my company because I can see the camaraderie that I have, you know, with my clients and with different people that I work with. The accountability piece is so important. And even though people may be retired military or getting ready to transition, they have to understand that that level of camaraderie is what made them successful Mm. in the battlefield. Like who would go out to a war by themselves and you leave out of the military and you go out and you say, I'm going to kick it by myself. Why? When you knew that being successful, you were trained by people that knew what they were doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? They put you through routines and regimens. Like, why leave that? Right. Why not just figure out, okay, I was good with that. Let me find that outside of there. That's the missing piece, so to speak. Nice. uh, (laughs) To the fit life balance that a lot of people don't realize. They go out and they try to find balance by themselves, especially women. Because we have this thing in the back of our mind, and I struggled with it at first, with finding and accepting help. We just say... Well, they my kids. This even goes as far as not even asking a spouse for help. Well, because you're saying these because we birthed kids. Yeah, we carry them. You know what I'm saying for a full term baby, nine and a half months, and so this baby in our minds belongs to us. And so we have difficulty with asking anybody for extended help, which is a lot of times why a lot of women experience postpartum depression. Because they're trying to hold on to everything alone. And it was never meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. If it was, we could we could be Mary's. Everybody could have their babies <laughs> without daddies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was meant for everybody to be together, for things to, you know, they always say it takes a village to raise a child. And so when it comes back to us finding a balance in work and in life and at home and all of this kind of stuff, we fall apart because we're trying to do everything by ourselves. Number one, I made sure that when I was going to work out that my kids were well taken care of. Mm-hmm. I ain't take them with me. I didn't want that stress. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't want to be, oh my God, are the kids okay back there in the little nursery? You know, it's going to mess up my workout. No, either with dad or I found a time while they were at daycare. And a lot of times as women, we're thinking that we have to be the end all be all for everybody. That includes everybody at work. So we work in 100% at work. Then when we get home, we got to make sure we take care of the kids. So we're 100% there. And then, okay, spouse, you know, needs attention. So we're 100% there. And then it's, ah, I don't feel like it. Mm. And so we say we're not important now. That's what I translate that to. I'm no longer important. So I I don't even put myself anywhere in the loop. Instead of just saying, man, I need help. I need somebody to, you know, hold me accountable. I need somebody to walk me through the process. Instead of removing themselves from the camaraderie that they once knew, no, find how that that same system can work in your new life. Right, right. So fit life balance then is extreme balance. Oh, yeah. Help me understand that a, a bit more. Like balance would be consistency in all my relationships, consistency in all the things that I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So how do I make that extreme? Well, you set bigger goals for yourself, even though, yes, I am a wife first, you know, mom second, business owner third. And so all of those things have to go in order. I have to make sure that they take place. But then I have like these crazy fitness goals, you know, and I, I want to achieve them. And so extreme life balance means I want to make sure that my husband knows that I know he's there. Mm. But not so much as just that, but making sure that he understands that we got structured time together. Because sometimes, you know, people are going to consider time with the spouse as, okay, we had dinner. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? We said hi or bye before they leave in the morning. I saw him today. 
But extreme balance means you're going above and beyond to show the people that in your life that you care for them. The same way as how I said, you know, I structure that time with my girls, you know, to take them to the workouts or do the, you know, the movie nights or some nights I on purpose go and lay in their bed with them while they falling asleep. Those kind of things are extreme when some people might not even, it seems small, but that means a lot to little people. Right. You know, and then as it relates to the fitness goals, not just saying, oh, I'm just going to go in and walk on the treadmill. No, I want to see how fast I can run on a treadmill. A week ago, I hit 10. Yes. And so I'm saying, how many Tabatas can I run at level 10 on the treadmill before I either fall off of there or pass out? No, I'm not going to just say I'm going to do a little toning. I want to see what's the heaviest weight that I could possibly pick up. That's extreme. In addition to making sure that our business is one of the top producing agencies in our market. Right. That's extreme. Right. You hitting all cylinders all the time and trying your best not to drop a ball. What would I do if I did drop the ball? (laughs) Or what does coming close to dropping the ball look like for maybe some of your clients that you've helped to recover the right posture to juggle skillfully. Well, if anybody knows for sure, I know and understand that we're not perfect people. And I think the whole point of extreme life life balance is at some point in time, you're either going to run out of energy or you're going to need some time to refocus and come back in. What I've actually found for myself is because I have been so consistent in the type of lifestyle that I do have, when things happen, I can bounce back like almost immediately. It's almost as if It never happened because I am training myself consistently on a day-to-day basis to the point where a lot of times, you know, people experience setbacks or issues or what have you. And then that's like it. This was the moment that such and such just stopped living. You know, they had a pulse, but they wasn't living. Those moments are going to come like for everybody. It's just a part of life. But it's about what were you doing prior to that? That's why I feel like extreme life balance is so important. I feel like I'm in such good physical condition right now that if I didn't work out for, for the rest of the year, I'd be okay. I could, you know, focus all my attention if my business needed me. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we, matter of fact, we just lost an employee. My business needs me to go in a little more. What if I took my workout regimen down to four days a week versus five or six? My body would be okay with that because I've trained so extreme for so long. It's okay. Right. And that's what we have to be able to do is continue to train, continue to be a good mom and good wife and all those kind of things so that if it comes a time where now you want to build your brand and now dominated with crystal requires a little more time, your husband understands he got to go pick up the girls because you've been feeding him right. Right. For a long period of time. Right. It just is balanced. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's important, man. What I love is your challenge to think bigger, your challenge to require more of yourself because life will happen. Now, I know that you're getting requests from all over the world to speak, to share your your message of dominating your life and fit life balance with the world. We've heard all that you're already doing. What excites you about being able to serve in this way with taking your message on an international scale? It excites me and it scares me at the same time. One more time, just just for the audience, (laughs) because Dominate with Crystal (laughs) has moments where she has to woosa as well. I know. It does excite me and scare me at the same time. So when I first even thought about embarking on the journey that I'm on right now, what I saw was there was no dominant female in the speaking industry. Mm. And I said, I, I Googled, I just sat and did a search, look, look. I was like, man, nobody is out there that looks like me. Or not just me, but, you know, there's no woman in particular that is just out there and is just blazing the trails. And, you know, every time you type in top motivational speaker, like 12 men come up. Presence of a woman is just, it's almost non-existent. And so one day I sat at my computer 
And I said, when somebody types that in one day, my name is going to come up. Wow. I did have to do a deep, you know, because I was like, man, did I say that? Because <laughs> that's, you know what I'm saying? That's huge. Because if we don't see it, other people aren't going to believe that they can do it. Yeah. And so somebody has to set the mark. Somebody has to set that standard. And I just said, I'm okay if it's me. Now you have this quote that I read online about your ceiling being the floors for your girls. Can you break that down for us just a bit? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not that I had a horrible, you know, upbringing or anything like that. I mean, my parents, great parents, they provided great for us. But, you know, coming from small town, of course, that then comes with small town mentality. And so with my parents, I mean, my mom graduated with an uh, associate's degree. My dad graduated with a college degree. So typically what that looks like is, you know, your kids are going to emulate, you know, what it is that you do. So, of course, I did that. You know, I went to school. I got a college degree and. I was done with that. Like I, at that point in time, I was like, okay, well, I accomplished what I felt like my parents wanted me to accomplish. Like they felt like, and even now they feel like, you know, I'm very successful, but at some point something triggered for me. And I said, even though my parents did give us a great life, you know, and we went on summer vacations every year. And Mm -hmm. when I was 16, they bought me a brand new car. You know, I I don't even want to talk about that. I just sold my my car, my, my baby, a couple (laughs) (laughs) this time last year, I think, but I had that car just that long. I, I cherished that thing, but they did those kind of things for both me and my two younger sisters. So they provided for us well, but what we were lacking was wealth generation. Like there were nobody in mm. in my lineage has generated wealth uh, for the family. Like when I bought my home, I got a mortgage. I know of people that when they bought their home, it was an investment property. And five years later, they moved out to the next one and they didn't pay a mortgage on that. Their parents said, okay, this is the trust fund we say for you. And this is what we want you to do with it. And this is how you do this. And, and so I said, oh man, you know, there's so much more that I need to do mm. that wasn't done only because they didn't know better. You know, like my parents just didn't know, like they didn't, they didn't have access to some of the information that I have access to. And so once I realized that like stuff just started turning and I said, man, I have got to make sure that wherever I stop it, my kids can stand on that thing so firmly that it'll just catapult them into another stratosphere, man. Like I wanted to make sure that when I finish, somebody going to know five, 10 generations from now that I was here. Wow. That's important. So for sure, where I stop at, even though that's my ceiling, I want that to just be where they started at. So if I leave here with billions, they got to be trillionaires. <laughs> you know what wow. I'm saying? Like it, it has to go yeah. to that extent. But I know that there are sacrifices that I'm going to have to make at this level to make sure that they get that. And so that's why it's important for me to set an example for them right now. You know, even when they see me, it's, it's so funny now. They're emulating me. And that's, it's small, but it's great for me. When I can walk in and my little two-year-old, she has these little two-pound dumbbell weights. <laughs> and she'll walk up to me in the living room and she'll say, look, mommy. And then she'll start pressing them like this in the air. I'm working out, mommy. <laughs> and I'm thinking 20 years from now, she'll say, look, mommy, it's my first investment property. Wow. Look, mommy, it's my first business. Because she's emulating me now. I'm teaching her to replicate what it is that I do. Just because I'm consistent, if I had only showed her this one time, she never would have did it for me. Right. But my two-year-old knows that mommy does this all the time. I push those dumbbells up all the time. She see that all the time. She said, every time she see me, look, mommy, I'm making a muscle, mommy. Mm-hmm. My logo is a little, a little woman <laughs> with a muscle on it. And my two-year-old walks up to me and she makes a muscle. That same muscle that she's making right now, she's going to be writing, che- look, mommy, I wrote, look at the check I wrote today, mommy. That, those are going to be the same things that she's going to get to do in a, in a different world. 
And even though, you know, my brand is about fitness, what I have finally realized is that I'm just able to take discipline and transfer it to everything else that it is that I do. Fitness just looks attractive, but it's so much more to that. That same discipline, you know, gets us to be one of the top five agencies in our market. Right. That same agency has us producing tens of thousands of dollars worth of life insurance in that same agency. Like it don't turn off. It's always on. Yeah. Making sure that that ceiling is there for them. That's what that means. And your Dominate with Crystal, Team Dominate community, again, fitness is the foundation. But what I just heard, I'm like, I'm pretty sure there are people just at the door willing to sign up because they need to be around people with that mindset. Oh, yeah. How do they do that? How do they sign up? How do they call <laughs> How do you sign up, huh? How do they get on your That's email? That's a good question, you know? Bernard. I'm everywhere on social media. I love social media. I'm on there quite often because I just love to connect with people. So, of course, I'm on Instagram, uh, Dominate with Crystal there. I have a Facebook page, Dominate with Crystal. Uh, you can email me, info at dominatewithcrystal.com. And then, of course, my website, dominatewithcrystal.com. Pretty consistent, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Now, I'm almost a little bit concerned because oh. as I hear your heartbeat, uh-huh. for the people you serve and the people you care about as you help them reach their goals, my challenge is, whatever triggered any hesitation? Uh, well, Bernard, you do know me well. And we use all of these animal terminologies. And so fitness for a gorilla is too easy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if there was no struggle in that. Like, I easily get up in the morning and go to the gym mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock. I can easily lift heavy weights. You know, those are just things that I'm just good at doing. Right. And so for me, I was just like, man. That just seems so easy. It seems like the process should be like complicated, right? Like I should be, you know, doing something difficult. And again, I understand that my brain has been trained to either break difficult things, you know, like systems or software or to figure out a mountain of an equation. Mm. So for something that simple to be laid in my lap and for me to just take it, I felt like it was robbery. Wow. You know, like, wow. I'm just, you know, oh, that's too easy. It triggered a memory for me. Because at his retirement fight, Floyd Mayweather, 50-0, he wore a mask to the ring. And when people interviewed him on why, he said, this is the biggest heist in boxing. You're going to pay me $300 million to fight someone who's never fought before in a boxing ring. So for me, I'm like, you're in good company. (laughs) If you know when you searched online that there were no voices teaching busy women, busy mothers, busy wives to dominate, And you feel like now that I'm in this industry, it's so easy because all I'm doing is showing you to duplicate my habits. That's it. I think, again, you have found what you were created to do. I would agree. I would agree. It feels really good to be in the lane. And what I realized is, and something now that I tell people all the time is don't hesitate to do things that you know, you know, you have an innate ability to do. And the reason for that is I was holding other people up. Like I had other people's dreams and aspirations in a box caged because I wouldn't do what I was supposed to do. And now that I have, so many people have been unleashed. People call me, they, they text me, they inbox me like, man, I did this because you did this. I did this because I saw this. And I'm like, you did all of that because I posted a deadlift video? Like, even though for me it was easy, my easy unlocked the difficult for somebody else. Right. So I had to do that, right. you know, and now I'm like, I don't care how much I have to show or expose or whatever. If it will help the next person to get where it is that they need to be, I'm more than willing. Yeah. 
I understand that my purpose and calling is to be a servant. And so the, if I need to serve by way of the whatever the people need to receive, then I can do that. Yeah. I, I can stop being selfish. Oh, wow. You know, wow. I can stop saying, oh, yeah. that's too easy. The visual I got in my mind was in the military at times you had to learn to clear a room and someone had to be first in the room. And that's a scary position to be in. And you're like, Bernard, I'm built to be first in the room. What does that feel like? Uh, oh, man. Sometimes it can be hard because, you know, when standards are already set, then you kind of know like where you need to go and what's off limits and all this kind of stuff or whatever. But I guess for me, because I really don't care what other people think and, you know, it don't bother me now. I, I had to most definitely get to this point. But now that I'm here, it makes it easy because now I get to set the standards. Like who wouldn't want to be in that position yeah. to say, hey, if you're going to do this, this is how you do it. Yeah. Like now they got to go back once they do type the name in and it's me. Now they got to go back and say, well, what did she do to get there? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like now I get to be that for other people. So that's inspiring even so to me to be able to do that. And yeah, sometimes that little fear will try to creep in or what have you, but the end result is what's important. So you just kind of use fear as uh, as motivation mm-hmm. and you just keep pushing. You keep grinding for the goals that you're trying to hit. What I'm learning at this point is because I didn't quit, I'm just, I'm seeing like, I don't results. And they almost instant. Wow. Wow. It's amazing, man. I'm grateful and I'm, I'm excited of, you know, what's happening. Now that triggered two things. And, and I know we're coming up on our wrap. I wanted to touch on these two things because it's, it's such a core to just your authenticity. One would be growth. And one of your most watched videos is on the hot dog conversation. And you knew I was going to bring that up. I didn't. I so. did not. But I'm glad you didn't tell me <laughs> that you were going to bring that up. So let's start with growth and then we'll finish with the uh, hot dog conversation. Okay. What you want to know on growth? Okay. So growth, getting better as a human being, you've demonstrated that. You've demonstrated your why. Mm-hmm. What happens when we choose not to grow or maybe we're a little afraid to get outside of our comfort zone? We die. I mean, just... That's it. Sometimes you can see it on a person, right? Like you, you know that they're living and, and they're breathing, but they dead. Like no fruit is coming from them. Like nothing productive. Like they hadn't got a promotion. You know what I'm saying? They bent up out of shape, you know? Like they may even walk with like some type of limp or something. You know, nobody wants to be around them. No friends, like yeah. nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like houses dirty, just all kinds of stuff. Like literally when you decide that you don't want to grow, and for me, grow means, you know, feeding your brain. Cause I, I believe in that. You know, I'm always, you know, listening to a podcast, watching some type of video or, right, right. you know, reading a book, audio book, like whatever it is that I need to do to feed my brain. That's the reason why I I can't stop growing because information keeps coming into my brain and then stuff just comes out. Right. You know, and if we don't do that, then literally we just become blobs of nothingness. (laughs) Who wants to be around that? You know, like I know in that description that I just gave, you probably thought of a person that just sucks. Cause they didn't, they don't have any fruit. Like you don't see anything of them. All you could probably think about is literally a tree with just branches on it, no leaves. Like everything fell off. Like it's always money. All the time. And in that description, winter, they cold is, you know, they bitter, they heart is messed up. You know, like who wants that? It's not a good life. Yeah. Wow. That was very visual descriptive. And I think to anyone wanting more, what your brand represents, yes, it will push them. Yes. Extreme life balance is extreme. But just from what you're sharing and what your processes are, it is achievable. Mm-hmm. But what's the issue with eating hot dogs? <laughs> I don't <laughs> Okay, so again. Take me out to the ball game. <laughs> yes, I, I will. <laughs> and, and I want to give a disclaimer, okay? I have known to be 
I take down hot dogs every now and then. Now I'm trying my best to make it a turkey hot dog if I do. But in extreme life balance, all that means is I can't shove hot dogs down my face every day. Like that's just, it's not going to yield me the results that I want. And so for me, if I indulge in a hot dog, it probably means that I did some extreme work for a long period of time and then I rewarded myself, which technically it sounds, you know, like an oxymoron because we all know that a hot dog technically is not a reward to your body. Mm. Like it's just not. It's made up a whole bunch of trash. Like they literally take everything that's left over from the pig, they smash it together, roll it up, and then they say, here, eat this. That's why they're so cheap. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of times we'll say that we want something, but we do things that are in the reverse of the results that we want. And so when I said the hot dog deal, it just meant stop doing the stuff that's causing you to look how you looking. You can't look like, you know, you come to me, you say, well, I want to lose 40 pounds in two months. And then you follow it up with, well, I eat a lot of fried foods and this and that. And I might have to go, am I going to have to snack on, you know, like nasty snacks? And, it, and I'm like, you came to me. I'm going to tell you what to do, but right, this stuff right. got to go. Right. But most people still want to shove the hot dogs down their face. But they, they want the summertime fine. They mm. want the two-piece bikini, mm. you know, and right at the top of June when it's just getting right hot, you know, and you want to go out there. And I'm saying they might make bikinis in your size. But because you kept shoving them hot dogs down your face, don't you put that on. Or you could come with me. We could talk. We could have some good conversations. Right. I could hold you accountable to your goals. And when you put it on, you're going to feel good about yourself. As a matter of fact, you're going to have to probably buy two, three sizes smaller than what you initially had. Oh, wow. Because you did what you were supposed to do. And it don't include hot dogs. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and disclaimer, Dominic with Crystal is a lifestyle brand. So meal prep, mm -hmm. scheduling, mm -hmm. extreme life balance, accountability, check-ins. Mm -hmm. and, and for those who can make it out, you do offer in-person workshops and, mm -hmm. and, and conferences to help people understand the concepts Most definitely. that you are, are sharing. Mm -hmm. Anything else? What should our listeners know about the brand, about the process, and about just living and leveling up in general? Well, instead of saying a lot, I'll just sum it up with the statement that I always like to end my videos with is basically, don't just live. We do have the power to dominate. As long as you believe that in your heart, that starts to come out in your actions and then you get the results. Well, Crystal, thank you again for yeah. an amazing episode and helping our listeners dominate their life. Appreciate thank you for having me, sir. Well, huh? Is there any book that you recommend? I didn't get to ask you that. You got a lot going on. Do you have a book that we can buy or is there one coming out soon? Oh, do I recommend a book? Ooh, I read so many books. There's one in particular that pops out. That's Think and Grow Rich uh, okay. for me. That was a uh, game changer just from my mindset in general. It's a section in that book that talks about, you know, writing out your vision statement. And I did that the year that I wrote the book. And I wrote a dollar amount down on my vision statement, which happened to be $15,000. I said I wanted to earn an additional $15,000 in that year time frame. And I read those affirmations and know in that statement every day out loud at morning and at night. At the end of that year, I had an additional $15,000 in income. So for me, you know, that book trained my mind. So, you know, waking up at four is a breeze. Wow. <laughs> when, you put your, when you put your mind, you know, in that type of training, you know, when you read that type of information and not just once, reading it um, multiple times. And then another book, T.D. Jakes. I don't know if Destiny was the name. Is that the name of the book? Mm -hmm. I think it's just called Destiny. I don't know if it's something before that or not, but that was a great book for me as well. It helped me to kind of hone in and understand my purpose as well. So those are two that I would probably say 
any and everybody should pick up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm glad I uh, remembered to ask you that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You need to know, you know, what we should be feeding our minds. And you're definitely going to help us with our fit life balance. Oh, yeah. And our bodies. And lastly, you know, I think you just really showcase that you're a woman of faith. And that is Most the foundation definitely. of everything you do. So yes. thank you again for being on the show. No problem, sir. Thank Don't you for having me. Don't eat hot dogs. <laughs> eat turkey dogs. Or but something. you didn't mention your weight belts. I want you to mention that right you before want me we go. You yeah. mentioned the weight belts. So I, I, I actually have it right here for the ones that can see on all the videos that we have for you. If everybody can see that. Everybody. Okay, great. There it is. Um, so uh, Bernard played a large role in me actually doing this I, I at first I was I was I thought it was the craziest thing I had ever heard in my life I said to myself you know why would somebody want to buy a belt with my name on it not knowing at that time that this has actually started to be a movement um, these belts they inspire people I feel like I've just seen some of the women that I train with when they put it on I can tell the difference mm. you know what I'm saying when they when they put the belts on it, it seems like they, they squat it a little heavier <laughs> you know <laughs> and not just because my name is on it but I think that they know and understand that my brand stands for something Right. And that I believe in something. And so they feel like they're a part of that community, you know, whether they, they train with me, you know, in person or afar. But this literally gives them something physical that they can attach to. And then it's all in the mind, man. They put the thing on and the next thing you know, women across the world squatting 300 pounds, man. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes in comma. Yeah. Because I, I have the first one. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, that. And that looks really nice, Bernard. I, I'm, I'm glad you stepped out and did something different there. I really do like that camera belt. It's really nice. So thank you again. Yes, sir. You are welcome back anytime you need to be. What? And everyone needs to dominate their life. Most and definitely. Dominatewithcrystal.com is how you do that. Thank you.